If you open your Bible to Genesis, chapter 1, um, I decided to back up a little bit. It seems like sometimes when I say something, I might cause more questions. So I decided to back up just there. Um, I had someone tell me I was talking to someone else this week, and they were saying, you know, it's better to understand when you're going when you've seen a picture of the map, you know, when you kind of get, have an idea of what's going on. So I guess that's kind of where I'm doing before we go filling in details is just kind of give us a broad view of the map of what's going on. Uh, there's a lot of issues and problems that people have because they don't understand the grand scheme of things. And I'm just not talking about end times. I'm thinking, talking about the Bible in general. Um, but, but it makes sense. God has a, um, a way in which he works with mankind, and it has changed over the time. It's progressed. It, it, it's, it has been his plan. Uh, but he has a purpose behind it all, and I hope to kind of show you that. Then that will help us when we uh, come across some other questions, and I'll get to that as, as we get there. Um, I mentioned last week about, I think I used the term dispensation. Uh, that's in the Bible. Uh, um, Paul talks about it being in different dispensations. Sometimes the word age is used. Um, uh, way of operation might be used. I like to use the word economy. Uh, sometimes God operates under a different economy. Some, it, it changes from time to time. I kind of want to go through that a little bit. I think we'll see God's hand through it all. I, mean, I think it's obvious. Um, but, but we'll see him working and we'll see what he's doing. Uh, he starts out in Genesis 1.1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. It just tells us who he is. He doesn't defend himself. He doesn't prove himself. He just says, here it is. I'm the great cause. I'm the author. I'm the one who's made all this. I made everything. And he made everything. Uh, and the fathomless vastness of this material universe, you know, he made all that, and then he made man his crowning achievement. Uh, and that's called the divine fiat. That's kind of like what it was before us. You know, it was just him and the divine fiat means to let it be so. That's what we have in Genesis 1 and 2. Him just, uh, it's mostly Genesis 1, you know, where he just goes through, and it was, you know, God spoke and this, and God spoke and that, and it just happened, and that's how it was. You know, God did that, and that's how he operated then, and, that, and that's how it was then. Uh, he, he was creating things, um, and then he made us. And then, the, and here's where the really focuses in the Bible's focusing in, not on just how God, how He interacts among Himself. We, we learn things about that as we go through. But uh, the main point of this is how He, he intercedes with man. Um, and the first one was the age of innocence. I'm gonna, you know what my spelling. Is. Right, right side. Well, that's innocence. That's that's how it worked at first. Adam and Eve were there uh, together. And Genesis two, and verse twenty five says, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and they were not ashamed. They were innocent. They they could they could go before God. God would come down and walk with them in the garden, uh, and that was the way it worked. That's what God determined for us. That's what He wanted it to be. You know that uh, that, uh, that 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 we would have that fellowship with one another uh, with Him. And that's how it was supposed to be, and that's how it wanted to be. But to have true freedom, you had to have a choice. And so that's why we have the tree there. We have the tree of knowledge of good and evil, uh, so that they could choose to obey God. But as we're going to see throughout all this, man never chooses that. Man overstepped his bounds. He, he violated his innocence. He wanted to know more. He wanted to be like God. He wanted to have knowledge. He wanted to have that power. And, and so he listened to the serpent, as, as Eve did, and then... And, and, Cast us into ruin. You know, and so that's what we learn about in this time. We learn that we go from innocence uh, into the next one, but we learn that man's ruined, and we also learn of God's plan of redemption. He tells us that in Genesis 3. Um, man has broken fellowship with God now, 
Uh, now man has no means, no method or person or process to mediate between himself and God. There's nothing there. There's nothing there for, the, for them to be able to get this right. Now we, we know that they're sacrificing something, that there's a shedding of blood, so God must have gave them some instruction. But the main thing that we know is that we moved into a, the next economy, which is uh, conscience. So that was the age where man's heart would tell him. You know, we, we still have a conscience within ourselves that tells us whether we've done good or evil, or whether that thing's right or not. We can kill our conscience. Conscience. We can make our conscience alive, and the law does that. I think the more uh, I've been going through the law and meditate on the law and think about the law, it's like the more my conscience is alive to what a sinner I am and how much I need a Savior. I need someone to inter, intervene for me. And that's what, it's the good way. That's the, using the law lawfully. Uh, why else would it be on the news all the time that they want the law out of the school? They want the law out of the courthouse. They want the law, if there's a, if there's a case going on, to get something out and it's something from the Bible, chances are it's because it has a point and a purpose. And the purpose is it shows us that we're sinners and it shows us the need for the Savior. If we don't ever feel convicted of anything, we think we're all okay, everything's all right, let's just feel good and do it, and we keep on going, and that's where our nation's going. But we were under conscience. It shows them right from wrong. And man lived under this for thousands of... No. <laughs> man seared their conscience. They abused their conscience to the point where this age ended with almost destroy, destroying the human race totally altogether. Eight people survived this age. Only eight. God had to send a flood because men did what was evil in their heart. Look at 6, 5. That's, that's what it tells us. Just as 6, 5 says, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was on evil continually. That's, that's what they did. They, they seared their conscience. They, they didn't care. They... They abused men, they abused each other, they abused the earth, they abused animals, they, so much so that God has to change the economy. We can't operate under this. But see, it's showing us what we need to be learning, that God was good, He gave us a good garden with plenty of food, world, you know, big, big place, everything was right, fellowship with Him, we ruined it. He gives us our conscience, we ruined it. We're going to see that each of these, we ruin it. We ruin it each and every time. So uh, we ruin our conscience. We, um, God has to destroy the world with a flood because it's been so corrupt. Um, then he gave us the next one, the Noah covenant or, or government, human government. Because uh, we can't just leave man to himself. We just can't leave man to do what's right or wrong because man doesn't. Man will pervert it, and we do that. And so this is where he gives us the death penalty. Um, so mankind is given the responsibility of mankind. We police ourselves in this way. Um, that's uh, called the Noahic Covenant. It's Genesis 9. Genesis 9. Um, it's probably good to read this because um, our, our conscience hasn't been done away with. Uh, the government hasn't been done away with. You know, and some of these things continue on, but just not in the way that they were. Uh, God reveals more and more as he goes. Um, Genesis 9 verse 5 says, And surely your blood of your lives will I require at the hand of every beast will I require it, and at the hand of man, at the hand of every man's brother will I require the life of man. Whoso sheddeth man's blood, by man shall his blood be shed, for the image of God made he man. So there's the main one. He also, before that, says he put the fear of animals, of man, you know, that man would, or the animals would be afraid of men to protect them because we would just abuse them and, and we prove ourselves true in that way too. Uh, and so he's done that. This is the way it covenant. Uh, he tells them to be fruitful and multiply. He tells them to replenish the earth. He tells them to scatter and over, you know, take over the earth. And that's exactly what men did. No. 
They didn't do any of that, did they? We rebelled. We came together instead of spreading and going forth. We all came together in one place and we said, we will build something. We will make ourselves a name. We will ascend up into heaven. We will overthrow God. We will make a name for Babel, Tower of Babel. Hey, God has to destroy it and spread it all again. He says, you won't do it. I have to confuse your language. I'll spread you out. And so he does that. And so man ruins it again. You can't trust us with it. We can't trust us with anything. So he has to move to a different economy. He just can't trust our conscience. We can't trust government. And so he gives us, uh, he moves into the economy of promise. And so now uh, we have no priests. Uh, there is no uh, temple to go to at this time. And, and see, I think that's probably the hardest thing for us where we are. We just think, oh, the Old Testament, they always had the law. They always had the priest. They always had... No, they didn't. <laughs> it's been different. It has changed. And, and we can't assume everything that we know that they, they, they didn't. It, it's changed. And so we have to interpret where we are in the Bible, these different portions, differently because it was different. Uh, Doug's doing a good job of that on, on Acts on Sunday morning. That was a different time. Uh, we don't have all those things going on today. And so now it's, there's no priest. There's no laws. Uh, so God chose men to speak through, and they're called the patriarchs. Uh, the patriarchs were representatives of God to their family and to the family of God. Uh, anybody want to know the main main guy? Who's the first guy? Abraham, Father Abraham, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. See, it comes down through the <laughs> through the through the lineage of of Israel. He's like, okay, I, the world, the world, the world. I'm going to choose the people. And we also know that through all this, he's also narrowing it down to where the Messiah is going to come from. And we learn this, and so he goes from a broad sc- scope down to a narrow scope. Now, those twelve sons, I picked Judah. Now, Judah, I picked this. Now, this town, and so we get uh, you know, out of Jesse, out of Jesse, out of David. Now, to David through the Solomon, and then it goes goes on down so that we know exactly who it is, and it's him showing us who he is and how. Awful we are, but also narrowing down. So he gives us the promise, and he promises us that all the way back here, you know, when we seared our conscience, that uh, I'm going to send a Messiah. One is coming. You know, and there has to be the shedding of the blood. And so we stayed in this economy. Uh, God would speak to the patriarchs. They would mediate the divine will to the people. They would come down, God has said, and they would tell it. And then that's how they would implement it. And they would try to be in the heads of the family or the heads of the tribe of Israel. Uh, they would try to implement those laws. And we know that they still battled things. Uh, but that wasn't good enough. It wasn't, didn't hold that way. And so uh, God moved on to, after, after promise, came the law. Which is still through that system, but it comes up through where God raises up Moses. Um, through Moses, and this is in Exodus 20. Um, we have time, we'll go through and read there. Exodus 20 is when God has called them out of uh, Egypt. He's called them out to make them a people unto himself. Uh, he gives them the, the laws that they're going to have, Exodus 20 and verse 1, and God's, uh, well, that's the Ten Commandments. I uh, don't have time tonight to just read through them all. Uh, but he goes through Exodus 21 through 17, he gives us the Ten Commandments that sets them apart. So uh, we also know as we go on through that uh, while Moses is there, God spills out, he tells them the law, then he also gives them the priesthood, and he gives them the pattern of the, of the temple, and he tells them how to build this, and you have to go through this system, and you're going to have to have this guy, and out of, out of all these tribes, you know, the, the, the Levites will be the one that you'll come through, and we talked to some of, it, some of that Sunday about the, uh, the temple, and how, how hard it was to get to where he was, but God was showing them, you know, there's a, I've, and you read through it, and you think, well, it's awful dry reading, it's boring reading, it shows the one that God has a way. He is specific on how you come to him. And he was telling them how to come to him, narrowing it down. And all of it was a big play, all of it was a big picture, showing them that a lamb of God would come and he would die for mankind. And they missed it. And, and Jesus Christ held them accountable. You missed this thy day. Uh, and he held them accountable and told them, you will all be destroyed. And they would be separated and, and, and it all happened. 
And so this went from Sinai, Mount Sinai, up to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Look at Matthew real fast, Matthew chapter 5. So the law was given. Could man keep the law? Was the man able to do everything that the law required? No. It was a grievous burden. They couldn't do it. Uh, matter of fact, the more you try to keep the law, the more it shows you that you can't keep the law. Uh, and so it seemed futile. Man can't do it. Man fails again. And so he sends one who can. Matthew 5 and verse 17 says, Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I'm not come to destroy, but to fulfill. He, he comes to fulfill the law, and he does. He fulfills everything perfectly, and he dies on the cross for us. He's the only one who could satisfy the law. So up to this point, you know, man has shown his inability to be good. We violate God's law. We violate God's economy. We violate what he told us to do, but Christ did not. He did everything perfectly. He did not sin where he shouldn't have sinned. He didn't do anything he shouldn't have done. He did not do um, He did everything he was supposed to do. He put this way, so uh, he did it. Christ did it. We deserve nothing. Uh, but because of Jesus we and his atonement, we have a promise of salvation. Our sins can be forgiven. We can be justified. And that's what takes us into the next age, the age in which we live now, which is the age of grace. We live in this economy where our sins are forgiven because of what Jesus Christ has done for us on the cross. Um, that'd be Ephesians 2, 8, 9. You know, it's not by works of righteousness. Or, um, yeah, let me read you. I'm getting there. Yeah, not by yeah, not by works. Yeah, uh, for by grace are you saved through faith, not of, not of yourselves, as the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, we're, we're in the time of grace. Uh, we repent and we, and we trust, uh, and, and then we get what Christ deserves. Christ deserves heaven. Christ deserves glory. Christ deserves uh, praise and adulation. Uh, we don't deserve that, no. But Christ got what we deserved. He got crossed to death and punishment, and, and he paid for that. And then we get what he deserved. It's, it's not unmerited favor. We don't deserve it. It's grace. It's God's grace. It's God's mercy. And that's where we live now. And this will continue on up until the rapture for us. You know, we'll be taken out of the world. I think we'll be, uh, I've been through that. Um, but it'll continue for seven more years. Because during the time of the tribulation, Jesus Christ still saves. You can't say that they don't. I've heard it preached that they can't. That they don't forever. I'm like, don't you read Revelation? <laughs> don't you read about the calls them the saints and that they die and that they, they take white robes and, and then that they get them? It's, they get saved. There's many that get saved during the tribulation. There's many that die because of it. And, and so, so that goes on there. But we'll, we'll go and there'll still be grace because grace is still offered uh, during the seven-year tribulation. But at the end of, end of that, we enter into the kingdom age. That's the millennial reign of Christ. That's the thousand-year reign of Christ where uh, he rules and reigns on the earth. Um, they will still get saved the same way by grace. The same as everyone gets saved through all these the same way. It, it's all, all these we're looking forward. These will be look, our times looking backwards. The cross is the center of... Uh, that split time, you know, from A.D. to B.C. is the central point. All these are looking this way, and any of these look back that way. It's, it's the cross is the central point. The fullness of time was come. You know, Jesus Christ came and, and, and he died on the cross for us. And so then uh, we enter into the kingdom. And then after the kingdom, after the thousand-year reign of Christ, we enter into eternity. And, and then it's done. You know, there it goes. I find it interesting that... Uh, 
There are seven economies. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven's the number of completeness in the Bible. We always have seven days in a week and all this. So the kingdom, it's come. You know, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what the kingdom is. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. We sing about that. You know, the lion and the lamb. The Eden lost is Eden restored. Anybody knows what eight means in Scripture? New beginning. Eternity. We're, we're back where we were over here. You know, we come up the time frame. It's octo. It's like octave on the piano. Seven keys. Eighth one. New beginning. Starts over again. Ding, 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 ding. God's got a pattern that's in everything. And we look at it. Oh, that makes sense. It makes sense. And so when someone comes to you and says, well, you, should you, would you help me stone my brother? He's gay. And we found him with polyester clothes on. And uh, he likes witchcraft. We're like, you're under the wrong economy. You know, we're under grace now. We can forgive them. It's still a sin, and they're going to die, and we'll pray for them. But we don't stone them for that now. Um, there's still a few states that have laws on there. But, uh, um, but, but usually they'll get the one about uh, uh, polyester clothing, mixing of clothing. You know, the, the Lindsay Woolies. That's not a, it's a girl that the kids went to school with. But it's also <laughs> Lindsay Woolies is a fabric where they mixed it. It, meant to, it was evil back and then. But, but that's the first thing they're going to bring. Uh, what was the show where the Sheen guy was president? Uh, West Wing. You know, he has the big thing where he has a Christian standing up for something. He does the whole thing. Oh, you're going to kill him for playing with the pigskin on Sunday? You know, talk about a football. You know, that's under there. Should I kill him for this? And you kill him for that? It's like, ah, nice speech. Wrong economy. You show yourself to be ignorant. You don't understand. And so we shouldn't be tripped up when they bring this stuff. Like, I don't know. I don't, I'm gonna. They're like, no, you don't understand. It's a different economy. What's different now? It's out of grace. You know, we can get here. God, God can forgive. Such as some as you were is what uh, Paul said. And so uh, that, that's kind of the grand scheme of things at the basics level. And the, um, these are called dispensation, ages, economies, the ways in which God dealt with man, you know, through priests. Now we don't have priests. We have Jesus Christ or we're the priesthood of the believer. We can go boldly to the throne of grace. And so things have changed. Uh, some people, are, you know, the Jews are stuck under law. They want to go back that way. and not even They've even changed it, but even during the tribulation, they're still going to be trying to mix these economies, and it doesn't work. Um, but that's kind of how it plans out. Um, no, yeah, Doug, sorry. Right, I'm just going to say, it's important, I learned this not very long ago, that I didn't really realize it, when the day of grace starts, the age of grace, after Christ died on the cross and the new covenant, that's the first time that Gentiles actually came to the covenant of God. they wrestle in the book of Acts. You know, when do we do this? What do we do? They come to the point where you know they're still trying to sacrifice that God destroys the temple, scrapes it all down to nothing. Saying, you don't need that trying to make it obvious, and yet they still want to cling to. I mean, but it's all, we see God's hand through it all, that this is not taking him by surprise, you know, that he has revealed it uh, through the ages, and that's why I, there's no new, I don't have an appendix to the back, or my, my Bible doesn't come with a three-ring binder where I'm going to add the next chapter. Well, I wonder what's going to happen next, you know, when the next prophet comes. Prophecy is stopped. Um, I, the Bible says that there's a gift of prophecy, but when you rightly divide it, there's no more telling of the future. Unless I'm reading Revelation or I'm reading Isaiah and telling you something from the future, uh, I, I think that gift is done. It's forth-telling, it, proclaiming the gospel, proclaiming what's already been declared. It's not like, I've just got a word from this. Maybe somebody, God doesn't say maybe, if they're going to go back into that economy, if they're wrong, you kill them. That's, that's the way God protected himself and his word. 
And so we need to, there's a lot of stuff that, like that goes on in churches today. I know the Feast of Booths continues on throughout the kingdom. And it would be so wonderful and great. And we ought to be praying for the fact that we're, we didn't create, Jesus didn't create a new, new religion mm-hmm. called Christianity. Mm-hmm. He was a Jew. Mm-hmm. And we, as, Christ, as Christians, as believers in Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. are grafted into the root of what they call the root of Jesse. Yep, we're grafted into the vine. Yep, exactly. And so we're, we're all, all one. We're, and they can come back in too. <laughs> exactly. At, at Paul talks about that in Romans. It says that if, if a natural branch comes back, it grafts in naturally. We should be encouraging them to do so. Amen. Amen. Pray for Israel. That's right. Tim. Pray for Israel. The interesting thing about looking through this is that there's a, a, a basic factor that God demands and if you go back to the very beginning when in the innocence oh, but yeah. the only thing they were given was one rule one command yeah. obey this one rule and didn't do it mm-hmm. going to the conscience you obey the conscience you, obey your you, you, you don't do it mm-hmm. you go into the government you obey what the government has told you to do and don't do it <laughs> God requires our obedience through every situation mm-hmm. and yeah it would have been easier back in the beginning but yeah Much is given, much is required. Yeah. yeah. A lot of churches will give you that. License. Yeah, that's what Paul. And it's okay. Don't worry about it because we're under grace. It's all under the blood. Yeah. But yeah, the obedience, I think, is a big key to every piece of this. Mm-hmm. Amen. You're right. Exactly right. That just shows that we're unable. And that's, what, that's why we needed the Savior. We, we take all that out, and all of a sudden, Jesus is just some good guy. I, I, I don't know. I guess we'll. Probably too small. And this is the mistake he, he made. Specifically, what he was to do, mm-hmm. and he yeah. he's gonna wipe out the, the all the all the animals and the, the Ammonites, uh, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Yeah, one of the well, well, I just brought the brought the the, 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 the choice, the, the best of the mm-hmm. cattle, and mm-hmm. back to sacrificing. Mm-hmm. What's the bleeding in my ears? Yep. Yeah. Obedience rather than sacrifice. If we just learned that. I had a couple more just real quick because I know I also had got a lot of questions about mortals and immortals. How's all that work out? Well, just real simply, just a quick look. There's how it works out. We'll look at that next week. <laughs> so, 
I'll probably have to make it either blow it up on there or make it a handout. I, I thought, man, it's 13 by 19, but it seems tiny when I get here. But, but that's kind of how a little more detail how it goes. We'll talk about that next week. How's that? And then we'll get back in and we'll zoom in on the details because each and every one of these, um, so that's like the church age, the rapture, the beam of seat, judgment, the crowns. That's kind of where we are. We're going to focus back in the, the, the supper of the Lamb, the second coming. And then we've got all this other stuff and how that works out. And so that's page one. And so <laughs> there's plenty in the future to look forward to. And there's a lot of detail and the scripture goes into it about it. So I think it's well, worth to be studied. But uh, I'll try to have handouts for you and we'll, that'll make it easier next week. And so.